What's up, everyone? You know what time it is. It's the Pals Podcast. I'm your co-host, George Boutsalis. And I'm Ricky Liorti. And on this week's episode, we had our good pal, Jamsheed Pocha, a.k.a. Jamo, a.k.a. Jam, a.k.a. the co-founder of the Pelican Club. Jamo, honestly, you're, you're a fantastic guest. This one was a, like a... It just could have gone on way longer than it did, and it was a pretty, uh, pretty informative episode. Jamal's background is in the hospitality travel industry, uh, so we kind of got into that, how it's changed, and then how he started a business, um, kind of around his passion for hospitality and and travel. So, uh, give it a listen, guys. Hope you enjoy it. Ricky, you wanna you wanna jump in here at all? No, you honestly covered it pretty well, man. That was <laughs> awesome. He was such a great, uh, great storyteller. He had some great quotes, told some amazing stories. Shout out to King Magnus. He's, he's our boy. Only 17 months old and been on 27 flights. Yeah. Crazy, King crazy Magnus. stories. So uh, great conversation, great stories, and uh, definitely going to be using him to travel in the future. Yeah. Guys, LFG. Let's go. Good and wow, we're live. Jam sheet, jamo, jam. <laughs> Welcome to the Palace Podcast Studio, the, the new studio for those uh, on YouTube. The millions, uh, the millions across and YouTube. millions. One viewer. <laughs> I feel honored to be the first in this. In this, this is the new setup. New setup. setup. We're like, we got a big guest, you know. Big travel vibes, kind of right up our alley. We needed a more laid back, chill atmosphere. Uh, and Perfect. it felt appropriate, so uh, we brought the globe down though for the new studio. It felt felt like we needed that for the setup. But yeah, welcome. Awesome, thank you for having me. Of it's course, man. Of course. Here, Georgie sold me some uh, some pretty, it, cr- not crazy stories, but interesting stories of all the traveling, the, pl- the trips you've planned for people. So it's nice that now that traveling is starting to slowly. I don't want to say get back to normal, but people are starting to want to go places again. It's nice to have someone in the travel space on the show. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this year has thrown the industry for a complete loop, but it's actually in certain ways going to be a good change. And um, I'm excited to talk about that at some stage as well. Yeah. Like, yeah. Get into that. And when you said on your way into that, like a lot, again, to Ricky's point, like the circumstances we're in, like travel's not not back back and it probably is not going to be for a while uh, again i'm not going to make assumptions you're going to be able to obviously speak more to that but i mean you've been you said you've been seeing some more people starting to take more trips and, and obviously which we'll get into as well through through your company Pel- uh, pelican club and all that stuff but like what are you seeing right now in the space are you seeing more people not as worried are you seeing people say you know what good time for deals like what are you what are you seeing with your uh- it's interesting because there's a really good mix out there um there's a lot of people who are super concerned there's a middle ground that's all for domestic regional experiences and travel around their own countries. Mm-hmm. And then there's a lot of people who are willing to go out there and, and, and take a chance. It's a little risky, but still, I think it's a, lot of, it's a lot more based around the rules of quarantining and not quarantining and flights and how they're, how they're evolving. But um, Europe's moving a yeah. lot at the moment, so it's good to see that. It's good to see that come back. And uh, yeah, hopefully Canada will get there soon too. Go ahead, go ahead. I was going to say, do you find that... Oh, wait, before you, before you go any farther, I just didn't realize this. We didn't do a little cheers. We didn't do a little cheers. Ricky's, Ricky's getting ahead of us. I'm getting right into it. Sorry, guys. I'm getting a little excited <laughs> cheers, here. Cheers, cheers guys. Cheers, cheers, cheers. Thanks for bringing the wine. So we had uh, a very famous guest uh, yesterday. Brought some, uh, brought some Guinness on the show. So uh, Jam will have to one-up him here with a nice fine bottle yeah, of wine. Do you know... Hold on. You said there's, there's a story with this, this wine? Well, this is... I'm not sure if you guys have heard of... Um, 
Charlie's Burger Wine Club. No, I, I have not. Charlie. A little bit of a shout out, actually. <laughs> oh, shout, shout out, out Charlie's Burger. <laughs> so, have you seen? Uh, did you do that on purpose? You've seen us doing that? Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that, it's going to become a thing now. Yeah, that's a thing. But you know what the problem is? As soon as we stop doing it for one episode, because most of our guests will watch or like listen to the most recent yeah, episode yeah. or two. So, we got to make sure we do it every episode now. <laughs> we did like a hundred. No, what was the episode with Sam? We did like a, just kept shouting or yeah, someone, everybody. Yeah, that was crazy. But shout out Charlie Burger. Charlie Burger Wine Program. Shout Fantastic. You get a wine delivery every month it's exceptional and is it like so you sign up and they're like it's based on your preferences or just based on what's popular how do they decide no so they bring stuff in that's not available anywhere else um, oh okay and uh, they curate it themselves it's really unique stuff a lot of italian french and uh, old world wines but really unique stuff i think last month they gave everybody a, a three liter red from italy it was exceptional Jesus. so yeah actually nice for someone like me who does i hate going to the lcb to pick wine I'm the type of person I'll call my mom like, mom, do you have any good wines that I could take to this occasion? And if she's like, no, I literally go and I'm like, I buy J-Lore because some girl <laughs> once upon a time told me that that was a good bang for your buck wine. The last time like, I saw I'm like George, that boring guy. Yeah. Last time I saw George, he stole a bottle from his dad's place, I think. Yeah, yeah. classic Wait. Georgie. <laughs> yeah, what you going to have? It's Jay? okay. We'll open it up. Well, this so, one. yeah. So, my, uh, so t- to counter Ricky's point, like my, obviously you guys know this, my dad's like the big, big, big wine guy. No, he loves his he? wine. But that, like, listen, my dad's like the guy that like, he'll be like, you know, there's, there's expensive wine, there's cheaper wines. And my dad will be like, you know, you go to a restaurant and like a bottle might be super expensive on the menu at a really nice winery. And he'll be like, he'll see someone order and he'll be like, see, that's what you don't do. He's like, that bottle, you can get the winery next door to it, which is the same dirt, the same soil, the same grapes, the same everything for like half the price. So he'll know what estates are next to each other, which I think is like insane. I. I just figured out there's a left bank and a right bank in Bordeaux and, and run th- runs through France and, the, and Bordeaux and all that. But and one's predominantly Merlot and the other's predominantly Cabernet Sauvignon. Yeah. See, all this stuff I should know. Like my dad's been like into wine since I was a kid, um, and like I have no. I mean, I have no idea. I know a little bit, but I probably should know more. Anyways, this is probably a, a good thing for uh, for us to explore. So for this sure. is the bottle from from this month. Uh, this is or not from one, this like, month. One that's this, I actually like so much. I ordered a case of because you can oh, do wow. that after. What, um, what wine it's is this? It's a Nebbiolo. Let me grab this. Uh, thing. And they've got a, a higher version, which is called the Big D. And that's absolutely the Big insane. D. The Big D. <laughs> <laughs> that's a great name. Is it actually called? It's called yeah. the Big D. <laughs> nice. I have to get a picture of this. I keep this. It's a pretty good wine. So how do they send? Do they send in like nice crates or? So yeah, a it's, like- it's different every month. So you get either one to six bottles and it comes with a full description about the winemakers, what to pair it with, how long to age it if you want to age it, or just drink it. Just drink it. your recommendations and everything. Yeah, yeah, see, I definitely need something like that. Helps me with like, need- the basic, the yeah. basic wine knowledge. Even for me, like a vodka one. <laughs> Buddy, that's all you drink, <laughs> vodka Big seven. vodka guy, vodka seven. We got another thing on this table here that we should jump into as well, um, which, again, come and sit in the bar really high for most guests. Jamal brought us... Right up his alley. Yeah, fe- travel books. future guests. Hello, take notes, yeah. guys. Dimitri See? came in yesterday with some coffee and then the Custom Pals podcast, uh, Guinness Cups, Pint Cups. That was amazing. And now today, we've got books, travel related books. I said, I'm a big reader and I'm a big runner. I'm going to, I got to shout out mine first. This is sick. Honestly, thank you so much. This is incredible. This book, so I have Lonely Planets. You can't see them in the shop, but they're like a couple of them right there. But this one might be the coolest one I've ever seen. I didn't even know this, they made this. Give, give us a name. So Epic Runs of the World. So it just means that whenever you go on a holiday now, you got to look through there and figure out where your morning run is going to be. This is crazy. 
I'm gonna stay up reading this tonight. Like this is incredible. So I don't know if you if you know this. I think I've told the story before. Like the the first time I ran my half marathon was like while I was traveling. So you did um, say, yeah. yeah, I got like inspired yeah. to do it. I did Killy, and I was like, I want to do more things like this. So I was looking where I was gonna be, and I ended up running my first half marathon um, six months after Kilimanjaro. I trained for it, and I ran it in in Tenerife, Tenerife, in the Canary yeah. Islands. Um, and like I was very ill prepared for it. Like I trained for it, but I didn't realize I signed up for like a mountain run, like a volcano run. <laughs> it was absolutely insane. Um, but yeah, one thing I've always done is like I've looked for things to run. Um, this is actually probably a good little segue. Uh, I was supposed to actually run the Edinburgh Half Marathon this year. So I had signed up oh, wow. for it uh, in like January or maybe even earlier. And it was supposed to be May 2 4 weekend. Uh, and obviously with COVID and everything happened, canceled course, very early on. I will say one thing, I think I told you this. When we last talked, one thing I did find the hotel that I signed up that I that I um, paid for my stay there in Edinburgh, um, member of uh, Marriott Rewards, and like I'm a member with Marriott. And when I went to go ask for a refund, I prepaid. They're like, we can't give you a refund. I was like, what? Like, can I at least even give me a credit for a year? That like, we can give you a credit for three months. I was like, I can't even travel in three months. Well, see, the interesting thing is you probably did that early on. Yeah. And a lot of a lot of hotels, a lot of companies took that stance right off the back because it was just. Uh, uncertain as to what was coming next giving people a year worth of credit mm -hmm. where six months in a year worth of credit is worth nothing at this stage yeah yeah um so a lot of people a lot of hotel chains a lot of companies have gone back adjusted those policies and you should probably give them a call again yeah. or, or get us to do it we'll do we do that kind of stuff my man <laughs> you want to you want to quickly jump with what, which one uh, yeah you i was here? gonna say because I, I just when i opened this book <laughs> randomly i came to a good page so mine's brilliant maps for curious minds a hundred new ways to see the world and I just good thing you gave Rick a map. He doesn't read a lot. <laughs> I'm not a big reader. <laughs> I just opened up. I hit page 70. The countries with the most Miss World winners. You actually randomly flipped that I page. Like, <laughs> when you're opening, I just opened it up. I was like, That's ironically yeah. enough, pretty fitting. Yeah, pretty I can fitting. give you so, the answer uh, to that one for sure. It's definitely India. Yeah, India with six. Guess five. India has the most Miss Worlds. Yeah. I didn't. I just didn't know. I, I, I didn't know that either. But I just uh, based on population. What about you got Scandinavian countries? Diamonds in the rough. <laughs> uh, Scandinavian countries, yeah. Iceland, Sweden are in the top uh, eight here. Yeah. Actually, no, it's just one, two, and then a, a big tie for three. Okay. So you got Venezuela as number two at five, India's first with six, and then UK, South Africa, Iceland, United States, Jamaica, and Sweden all tied at wow. third with three. South Africa. If you think about Iceland, what their pop or Sweden, what their population is compared to. The amount of if wins. you look at their looks per, per capita, yeah. probably probably the highest in the world, though. <laughs> but yeah, honestly, thank you for these books. This is yeah. uh, it's such a nice, touching gift. And me and George, we've said this again numerous times, but when we sit down and meet so much more about new people and, and interesting people, and those are the type of people we yeah, try yeah. to invite on the podcast. When uh, when you guys bring us stuff, it's it's so nice. It's, See, it's the thing is, for us, it's about learning about the world. Yeah, yeah. And that's the passion that drives everything we do. Yeah. So sharing something like that where you guys get to see something in your preference or in your area or something that you care about, yeah, especially yeah. you because I knew you uh, this before is, this well. This is awesome. It makes more of an impact to get to know places, get to understand what's out there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, so go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say, I was going to just make a comment here because I, as you open this here, a nice little touch, the Pelican hey, Club. We're, we're together on this. That's exactly the comment. I was just going to get into it too, man. Right, it's really weird now. We've got we're I guess we're doing this today. so much that we kind of know the next segues to get into. But um, for those, I, get, I, did, I don't know if we said it. I think we said it earlier. Uh, but the Pelican Club, company you founded, co-founded. Yeah. Um, I will start by saying most people can't see this and I might get up and like show it. Do you know what we'll do? Card. Do a like image on the YouTube video. Superimpose zoom. Yeah, boom. 
See, I got this. Uh, the Pelican <laughs> Club. I said this when you first told me about it. I think that the name, the logo, is like there's just something about it that makes it feel cool, exclusive, but also like I'm like going down to some cool like resort in like the Caribbean. There's something very fresh. I think the branding is an excellent job, which what I'm getting at is I obviously want to have you explain how this came about, how you founded the idea, how you came up with the name. Bingo. Absolutely. Yeah, kind of, sure. uh, yeah, walk us through how you founded the Pelican Club and obviously what the Pelican Club is for everyone listening. Yeah. Um, well, my background's in hospitality um, and luxury hospitality. and Everything that we do is based primarily around luxury experience and um, seeing the world. And the Pelican Club came up, I moved, to, I moved back to Toronto after 17 years in Europe and um, realized that I felt that people just weren't comfortable traveling well. Didn't know how to find the right things, didn't know how to plan correctly. And we talk about so much online, but um, sometimes there's too much online. Yep. Um, there was a time when TripAdvisor was the way to go. Now it's run by hotels. Um, I don't trust their opinion. So it's about curating, it's about finding the best, it's about going to a place and understanding that you don't wanna just go to a random restaurant down the street if you two doors down is an exceptional restaurant. Yep. Um, you don't wanna just go line up for an attraction that's gonna waste half your day when you can walk right in, check it out, and move on and enjoy the rest of your day. And that's what we do, we help people plan, organize not just travel but lifestyle as well, so everything from um, family holidays and honeymoons and random trips and uh, corporate trips to even things in their own city to say, you know, I want to host a dinner for 20 tonight. Um, anybody can do it. You can find the right people, but <coughs> spending the time doing it right, doing it with a level of class, and that's where the branding comes in is because we have to represent what we do, and you'll see that in our itineraries, in the merch you get as you go through the, the becoming a member. It's all part of a lifestyle um, of luxury and I actually have this question for both of you what do you each consider to be luxury ooh that is a good one so I'll, I'll answer that in first um, I consider lux luxury to be like a, almost like a state of mind and experience um, you know just mostly trying to think, wrap my head around it in a term of like travel and like hospitality and all that stuff I will say that it's not just one thing like you can go stay at a five star hotel um, that looks all nice and glamorous, but I don't consider that like luxury. Luxury is what you feel when you're there, the service, um, the person at the door that remembers your name, they know when you're checking out, they know where you're from, and, and you know, to a certain degree, like you know it's part of the job, they have to do it, so it's not always like, a, it's not everywhere you go is genuine, it's different everywhere, but I, ha I think it's the whole thing, it's like the feeling uh, that you experience when you're doing something nicer or I luxurious, but you can't use luxurious to explain luxury. But yeah, if that makes sense. Yeah. I just think it encapsulates everything. It's not just like, oh, it's a five-star hotel. It's 500 bucks a night. That's luxury. No, like it's it's everything down to the smallest detail. Like I've stayed at hotels that are boutique hotels like in India or in like Barcelona that were a couple hundred bucks maybe. The Those same are price, some of the best. Same price as you would pay for like a regular yeah. three-star in North America. And exceptional service, exceptional products, down to the like the soaps they use in the room, everything, and yeah. and it's just the overall package. I think. Okay, that, that's pretty good. I was gonna say more or less high end or elite level service and attention to detail. Okay, I think those are some some words that come to mind when I think like luxury, especially with traveling, because like George says, it's not always about the biggest or some, what some people might consider the best. Because if you think like in America. You know, you have the Hilton and Sheridan, and those are considered like high-end hotels in a lot of places. But 
there's so many better or even like Royal York, for example, the Hilt, um, uh, not what's a W. Those are considered high end and, you know, luxury hotels in a lot of places. But when you travel, you don't need to stay at those places to find luxury resorts or luxury hotels. So attention to detail and uh, service are two things that I think really set aside luxury. Amazing. Okay. So I'll give you my, my version. I think everything you've said touches on a lot of what luxury is um, from a tangible aspect. Okay. From an intangible aspect, luxury is a state of mind. Mm-hmm. It's essentially knowing that you can have what you want when you want it without having to deal with getting it, without having to worry about going out there and searching for the hotel, figuring out which one to stay at, figuring out how to get the right chef to cook the dinner for your friends and family. Um, and it's this aspect of saying, you know, tomorrow I want the best, let's say, Jamaican meal in Toronto. Mm-hmm. And not having to go and search for it and deal with it and to call somebody who takes care of things for you. And that's what we do. We get stuff done. Uh, Our motto is leave it with us. Um, Give us a call. Send us a message. Say what you want. And we build a a very strong connection to our clients. So they get to know us in such a way where you're literally texting one guy and he's dealing with it. And it goes back to a concierge service, where, uh, which is where I started in the hospitality industry. And it's such an amazing world, the concierge, where literally you get things done for people in crazy ways. And I'm sure I've told you a bunch of stories yeah, yeah. Um, over, the, over the years within hotels. But that, that's pretty much it. So when it comes to travel, we take it to a whole other level. Um, and it's not luxury in just that you're staying in a nice hotel because you can afford it. It's about your budget. Within your budget, there can be an amazing hotel amazing experiences as planned or as loose as you want it to be for you and what's important for you as a person because yours might be focused around having some activity and some entertainment and yours and whatever else whereas your parents trip might be focused more around wine regions and exploring that and understanding that and if you go as a family we got to get a bit of both in there right so i think that's where it comes in in this aspect of Going back to the branding where we were before, and a shout out there to Laura McInnes, my designer. Shout out Laura Laura McInnes. (laughs) Um, She does a fantastic job. Um, So, yeah, the logo for us, it's the detail. When you talk about a pelican, the middle of the logo is the feather of a pelican. I will even say this is almost like a papyrus type feel of paper. Is it it like the gold? Like it's cross hatching, whatever? It's linen and fully sustainable. That's it, yeah. Um, Oh, this is linen? Yeah. It's linen stock. And because the way it looks buddy. and fully sustainable, that's big. Eco-friendly travel. Isn't there some term that you guys use for like climate? Um yeah. Well, we are, as a company, we're climate neutral. Okay. We're certified. Um, and what, is, what exactly does climate neutral mean? Climate neutral is a company that looks at any business and says you can offset your, your, your business and figure out what you're doing and pay that back to the environment. And I think... What COVID has done for us um, is fast forwarded so many years of us traveling smarter, mm-hmm. traveling better, and traveling more economically um, in terms of our environment. Mm-hmm. And we're very passionate about that. We don't take clients who don't care about the environment. It's just, sorry, well, that no, is, no, that is huge, right? Because at the end of the day, too, like, you know, when some people think, I don't know, this might be a bad assumption, but some people, you know, think luxury, think you can, you can just do whatever you want. Like, it doesn't matter. You're going to worry about your impact of the environment because money gets you wherever you want to go and all that stuff. But, it's a, it's a common misconception, right? At the end of the day, like you... you In Toronto, you go to a restaurant, how much do you tip? Uh, I'm around 18. Yeah, 18, 18 if it's good, 20 bad, 15. If it's bad, if it's... Between like, 1% to 2% of your holiday covers the entire carbon output in most cases. Wow. So if you were to put 1% to 2% on top of your holiday, it's nothing. If you consider what you're tipping at a restaurant versus what you're spending on your holiday, 
you're giving back and cleaning that holiday up. And that's huge. And I yeah. think that we, we know, enforce that on every holiday. You know what's crazy? Know, I, you don't think about that. that was a thing, yeah, yeah, it's like, you think about a good weekend getaway. Let's say you want to go to New York for the weekend. It's like, let's call it 1500 bucks, two grand all in. It's like literally $200, uh, $20. $20. $20. Yeah. yeah. Can just the offsets, offset yeah. it. Amazing. Yeah, for we gotta sure. Do yeah. It. We got to do it. We 100%. Gotta, and more people... Go ahead. So how do people not know that though? Like, is that like a common option when you're booking online? Like how does a lot of airlines do it? I've never heard of this. That's why. Because traveling happens in individual pieces when you book alone. So you book your hotel, your hotel might have a green program. They think they're doing their part. You book your flight. They give you an option. You probably ignore it at the end that says, you know, offset your carbon. Offset your carbon I've, I've seen it before and I, I will be honest. Yeah. I've ignored it. Yeah. They, we all have. We yeah? all have. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I booked directly. So just a side note as well, like when you book directly, I typically book directly through the, the airline when I book my trips instead of like Expedia and these other ones. I know on the airlines, like when I book Air Canada or through Star Alliance or whatever, it shows it at the end. Actually, even when you book with your airplane, you can, you can see it. But Never anyways, noticed, never attention, my bad. Yeah, and then everything you do while you're out there, and it's, it's a simple, there's a lot of platforms online that allow you to, to do this and Carbon Neutral is the one we use because they look at our offset and then put it in the right places. We don't have to worry about where the, where it's going mm -hmm. and we can trust them to do that and um, focus on our core business, which is getting people amazing travel experiences. So yeah, side note on sustainability, but I think... Yeah. Uh, oh, very, very I, important, I wanted, especially today's day and age. Yeah, one thing I wanted to mention, when you said, talk about traveling and it's you don't always have to travel an hour to go to the nicest restaurant or you know how people want to do different things. When you're traveling and you're going out, and there's so many times where, you let's say, you read a website and the reviews are how you mentioned TripAdvisor used to be the end-all be-all of, of traveling, online traveling. It, it's so different for each and every person. Like you said, you know, moms and dads want to do one thing, kids want to do another. But when you read the TripAdvisor hotel, and I think we might have mentioned this too, but let's use a place like Oasis Cancun, right? <laughs> if you're 18... Uh, if you're a I, mean, I was just, I don't know, have you ever been? That so, was... Um, it's like one of those like college that, trips, right? I know, high but, school grad trip. Yeah, yeah so we right? went first yeah, yeah. year, second university. Yeah, it's Carson like, Daly MTV oh. on the beach when we yeah. arrived in our parkas. It was a... Yeah, we were there with like girlicious. It's home party. Yeah, but you know what I mean? If you're... Let's say 40 so years bad. old and you go there, it's a one-star resort. Like oh. literally negative star If you're resort. above 24, it's a one-star yeah, resort. But you're 18. If you're, listen, if, if you're 18, that's a solid three and a half, four stars. Like there's yeah. nowhere. Like literally, every time we went to Cancun, we could have went to a different resort. But, but you we wanted, wanted to, to be there. You wanted to why the party. party's there. Yeah, it's so not. Uh, that's what I mean, right? I was like, a one star the day I got there. <laughs> I yeah, was like, I, was like, Shit. but that trip you'd give a sorry five -star Oasis. Trip. Yeah, you I serve think, some good some good function. I don't even think they're around anymore. But the point I was getting at is that everybody views things differently, right? If you go to someone who doesn't like fish and goes to fish a seafood restaurant, yeah, good chance they're not going to love it. And so. this is why we have such a care in getting to know our clients. So getting to understand that you're that 18-year-old that likes to go to Oasis gives us an insightful knowledge. And so when you become a member or if you're doing a one-off trip with us, it's a full interview process where we go through 100 questions. But that's, that's most of the time you're spending on this trip. An mm -hmm. average weekend trip takes about eight hours of planning. That's a weekend trip. Forget like that's a if you're, week or that's two. If you're efficient too. Yeah, and that's a, not fishing like crazy. That's people no, looking efficient. at flights. No, I say efficient. Like, like oh, if, efficient. I, if I sat yeah, like efficient. eight hours in front of my computer, but Absolutely. you're like, for me, sorry to cut you off, I second guess everything. So yeah. like when I planned all my trips, I'm like, I'll sit and plan and the next day I'll be like, mm, I don't know if I really want that one. I want this. And like, so for me, like even for a weekend trip, I think it takes even more. And I, and I'm, I think I'm pretty well versed in, in like planning trips and like I'll spend way more time than that, which it's, yeah. Yeah, so... For us, it's a matter of getting to know each person and understand what they want, understand how they do it, what's what's important Talking to them, to and uh, make sure that that uh, is the like 
so that, that guides our entire trip planning process is to yeah. say that you like this, you like that. You're, you've got these dietary restrictions versus you're a big golfer. Um, so how to bring all of those things together and make even a honeymoon suit both people in that couple to the perfect feeling. Yeah. Um, or in a family holiday, like we said earlier, um, sometimes you have three, four generations. You've got you to get you know, everybody something that they're enjoying while making sure everybody has that time together. And it's, 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 it's a game of... We're very used to research that, that for us, and we've got so many industry connections, network all over the world. So we don't just base it on what we see online. Mm-hmm. Um, we get in touch with somebody in the destination. Uh, we know how to harass employees at hotels. Sorry to say that, but... <laughs> <laughs> kind harassing. Yeah, yeah, you know, I mean, you know the ins and outs. I mean, when you book a room, you're booking a one-bedroom suite at this hotel. They've got maybe 15 of those. Maybe five have the best view. And I need to know which one of those five is the right one for you. So you, you're still booking the same room at the same rate that you would get online through me, but we're ensuring that you're getting the best experience for that room. Yeah. Um, and that's very important is because it's deceptive out there. And there's so much information. There's so many things to look at. And it's getting the right thing for each person is, is a huge priority in this, mm-hmm. in this business. And that's, that's kind of the driving key of personalization. It, why we do this well even to that point like you know that's the hard part when you're planning a trip um you know we've all like ricky as well like we've traveled a lot especially together we've done trips with buddies and friends and there's it's it's honestly as the trip grows and gets bigger as well if you go like four buddies it's typically pretty easy you like your boy you can get a you know you get by with whatever you don't typically have a bit a lot of fuss but planning a trip and trying to keep everyone happy when you're more than like six or when you have different you know you have male and female or when you have family involved and kids like there are so many variables and like different dynamics that it is it like unless you really have the patience to sit and plan it properly put it all together which takes hours and hours and i can tell you firsthand like i planned which we'll get into about the japan trip i planned um it's it's very tough to do because you have to know like again you have to know everyone's dietary restrictions you have to know who likes what who wants a beach view who wants a garden view who you know gets seasick easily can't go on boats or who wants to go sightsee and walk all day who can't walk because you know they got a bad hip and there's so many things and you have to remember like a lot of people I think I, I think most when you plan a trip you kind of just try to do the best for the whole. But again, everyone's paying the same amount of money for that trip. Everyone has different tastes, different views. So I might think that trip was the best. And my father might say, well, that was the worst trip I've ever been on. So you made this point, I think, we, last time we spoke. When you go on a vacation, like you want to go to relax. You know, like, yeah, you can do the work beforehand. But once you're there, the point, doesn't matter if you're in like a go, go, go city or you're on a countryside drinking wine. Like the point is to do no work. Yeah. And, you know, I hear a lot of people say, oh, yeah, we've booked our flights. We've booked our hotel. We'll figure everything else when we get there. And yeah, it doesn't that, that's not a, that, that there's something to that for sure. That's one way to travel, but you might really be missing out on a lot and you might be spending so many hours of relaxation time of time in the culture that you are now on your phone, you're checking Yelp or, or TripAdvisor or something else to find the right place to go next or find the right person to get you to the right thing. And maybe he's taking you to the wrong place <laughs> because he's, yeah. getting a kickback from it or whatever it is. Yeah, so it, that does and, happen though. Oh, absolutely. That's that's primarily a Especially lot of the the, like, the world of concierge as well. When you go to your hotel concierge, he's not sending you to the best sushi no, restaurant. He's sending a place that gives the big, biggest kickback. Yeah. Even in like Thailand for example, I wanted to go I wanted to go suit shopping and I knew that one of the tricks like these like little moped people had is that they'll drive you around for free and they'll take you to like 10 different places. 
And I wanted to do that experience. I'm like, it's kind of one of those like traveling experiences. Absolutely. So I get in the guy's like, oh, where are you going? I'm like, I'm going to look for a suit. I'm like, yeah, hey, you're going to take me to like all your buddies' places too? He's like, yeah. I'm like, perfect. I went to this like jeweler, like at the minimum thing was like 10 grand. But I drank champagne and I walked through it <laughs> in my swimming shorts and tank top. Clearly, no, I'm not buying anything. I got like 50 bucks in my pocket. <laughs> Go to the next place. I'm I at, like, never heard that. This high end electronics store. Again, like, what do I need high end electronics for? I have my cell phone. Yeah. They're trying to sell me this, and I'm eating chocolate bars there. Then you go to the suit shop, and again, chocolate bars. But, but see, that was a great cultural experience. Yeah. Because exactly you got to do all these these unique things. But there's a lot of times where it's just not that. Yeah. Right? And it's a lot of times like, yo. Did you hear yeah. the last one? Sorry, the, the end of the story. It wasn't like the guy you went to one store, but he wouldn't take you to another one after that? or No. So then at the end, we ended up going to the suit store the suit store and I bought my suit it didn't really work out that well it's just yeah. I didn't like it that much but still bought it anyways because I had to buy a suit because I was in Thailand <laughs> and I was like I gotta, gotta get me a custom suit but yeah I, uh, I ended up buying it and that just a day it was a full day experience and I had an absolute again by myself um, but one thing you mentioned that some people again there's two different types of travelers one that again want to plan it all ahead of time and everything needs to be done like months and months in advance and my brother's fiance Virgie I don't even know if she really listens. Shout, Shout out to Virgie. Virgie. <laughs> She's the type. Like she'll have her trip planned, and John's similar to this too. Now, like six to eight months in advance. John longer because I got John on the points game, and yeah. John books his flights probably twelve months in advance. Yeah. So me, I'm I'm <laughs> when the booking, opposite. Like, when you're booking like the you know like when you're booking up through Aeroplan, you want yeah, the good of seats. Yeah. Of course. So yeah. he's like trolling it through Expert Flyer and all that yeah, stuff. Yeah. And so John's intense now, but uh, for Shout me, out John. Yeah. Shout out John. <laughs> I'm the complete opposite. I'm. A week before, I'm like, okay, I know I got my first flight. Where am I going next? Yeah. Like, I'm the, and I know I end up spending more money down the road because, again, when you book a week before, you're obviously paying more. But I like the option of knowing I can go wherever I want because what if this DJ's playing at this place? And me and George have done it too, where we end up going to a random city last minute just because our friends were DJing in Copenhagen yeah. or whatever, right? That's so crazy. I that, like that's to, spontaneity. Like, that's, that's your style. Yeah, that's, so that, that's me. That's something you have to take into consideration right off the back and go, his itinerary is going to be much more open with a ton of suggestions. Yeah. yeah. Um, whereas your sister-in-law, yeah. um, that'll be much more specific. Oh, yeah. That'll be like, like this, 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 this. Um, so we get a we have a bit of both types of clients and people right in the in the middle. And I always one of my questions I ask is, are you the type of person to spend two hours in a museum or to have a cocktail at the bar outside the museum? Right. That's a good oh, question. That's a good one. Because that is a good one. For me, I love to see these things and experience them and see the culture and experience it. But there's, I'm not one to spend hours inside. So I'll walk through, get a good feel for it, check out what's important in there, make sure I've like processed it well and move on to the next thing. Yeah. Whereas I went on a trip with a couple of buddies to Amsterdam and one of the guys in the trip spent like two and a half hours in the Van Gogh Museum and the rest of us were outside already. I mean, it's an amazing museum. We did it in our time. He did it in his time. Had we known, we'd probably have taken the rental bikes and continued doing yeah, other yeah, stuff see, and see come back things, to pick yeah. them up after. Yeah, but hey. Yeah. Let me ask you, so just so, again, so we can understand too, but also so everyone listening, because uh, let's say I'm coming to you. We don't know each other. You, I mean, you know, obviously you know me, you know I like to run, but you don't know me. George walks in, says, hey, Jam, want to plan a trip? What's the first, like, how does it start? So I'm a new client. I come into the Pelican Club. W walk us through it. What do you, like, how does it work? Do you, what do you ask? So how do you get to know them? It's simple. It's, it depends on where you are in the world or what you're doing is to get a first of either a face-to-face, -face, a Zoom call, whatever it is, and have a long conversation. And that conversation just makes me understand if you're the type of client that we're going to be able to make an amazing experience for or not. And I'm not here to just do this for anybody and everybody 
if they're not the looking for the right experience mm-hmm. and when we have that conversation, it's, it's, it's the right fit. It's like you're going for a job interview. You're not going there just to get the job. You're also going to there to make sure that you're the right, that that's the right job for you. And the same way for us, we have this conversation that says to a certain point, like, you know, we can make what you're looking for an unbelievable experience or go ahead and book it on Expedia. Yeah. There's, there's two different styles to it. So when you do come to us, we've decided this is the way to go forward. We then have that conversation. We, understand what you're looking for and we take about a week to get back to you next the next week we get back to you we're fully informed on everything from flight prices the best hotels and the destinations you're looking at some really cool unique off the pitch adventures or experiences based on what we've discussed as your personality to say you know what we're going to do this it's nuts or um, ask questions like we had a a wedding couple recently we're like will you jump out of a plane (laughs) <laughs> Will you skydive? Like stuff like that. What's, the, what's your limit on certain things? Yeah. yeah. I mean, they're, they're <laughs> traveling. Tell me what to stop. <laughs> yeah, yeah. How high does it go? <laughs> tell me uh, what led you really to stop that. <laughs> oh, that was a good one. <laughs> that was a good one. It's like, okay, you're going to jump on a platform. Which now, how are we going? <laughs> I just oh, picture you. Know, it's like, just um, like, whoa, okay, this much? The, the meme about uh, women drinking wine. It's like, tell me when to stop, and it's a room filled with wine. <laughs> it's like, tell me when. But. Wait, what's the, is there in the office where he's like, Oh, they, never mind. That's going to be a bad yeah. joke. But anyways, that was a good one, Rick. Back yeah. To re- yeah. These guys are going um, to Fiji and then New Zealand. Unbelievable destination. Sweet. So sweet they're place. doing a week of relaxation and then about 10 days of exploring an amazing part of the world. And in that time, it's okay. How crazy do we do? Like, you know, private helicopter for sure. Do we do this? Do we do that? Like, is it like how much are they comfortable in the water? How much are they comfortable hiking or adventure? And how much do they just want spa, relaxation, time together? Like, is a suite more important or is it just like the rooms to stay in and then just go out and explore? Mm-hmm. And when we come back to them with everything, it's very quickly with our conversation, we can gauge how to, how to move forward next. Um, you get your first proposal of your trip. You get to change it anytime all the way until before you fly. Even during your trip, if there's something small you need to edit, something you want to change, you can't make it, the app that you have with our service allows you to message me anytime. Um, one of our team will get back to you right away and adjust your car transfer, adjust your hotel stay, adjust your restaurant because you're an hour late because the drinks went on. Who cares? Yeah, yeah. Um, you, you know, it's, it's your trip. It's not about like this, 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 this. We Just, planned this for you. You got to yeah. be there. No, not at all. It's, it's about making the experience seamless and enjoyable without you having to have to like worry that you have to get here at this time and worry about that and i make that very clear right at the start like if if you have a friend that says to you oh you're going there to bali you should check out this thing well let me know and i'll tell you if that's actually legit or that friend's not got a good giving you a good tip yeah and if it is legit we'll get it in the itinerary let us know if uh, we should head to oasis cancun (laughs) (laughs) do not listen to ricky it's like an 18-year-old Ricky told me that. I definitely got to check it out. Well, even at that point, you made a comment about, you know, up until the point where you fly, you can change it. And I know we talked about this again. This is previously to this this episode where you said, you know, the flexibility is a big thing, right? I know you talked about the thing that happened with COVID and, uh, you know, you I, you guys had a lot of stuff planned that, that wrenches got thrown in your plan with the circumstances. And I know that flexibility is a big thing with you guys. And that's why when you told me about this, I was like, holy shit, like, I had no oh, idea absolutely. this stuff. So. You want to kind of walk through that part too? Is like, yeah, you know, I mean, it's a big just part of it. so many people out there have gone through nightmare experiences of canceling things, of changing things. And, um, well, we do that for you. So you yeah. don't have that nightmare. But 
and we've gone through it with multiple suppliers and, and, and different hotels and different airlines and things, but the post-COVID world is going to allow us that amazing flexibility. It's pretty much going to say, you know what? Book, cancel four hours before. You get your credit to use later on. Um, hotels will be more understanding. Airlines will be more understanding. And I think it's something that should stay around because people want the ability to plan and do things. There's another extent where people are booking things and then just, you know, there's the business side of it for the for the businesses that, that are losing out. But for the customer, it's huge to say like, you know what, I can plan this right now and Air Canada is offering unlimited credit if you cancel your flight, if you book before July 31st right now. Um, you can cancel up to the day before or one change for... Uh, without any without any trouble, yeah, which yeah. is huge, and that's yeah. that's like saying, okay, you know what? And the prices are about ten to twelve percent cheaper on airfare right now. Um, they've cut down the number of flights, so it's still it's still not as discounted as you think it would be because people aren't flying. But it's uh, it's worth booking. And my wife and I, we've booked four different trips in the next year that are already heck in place. yeah. So. <laughs> well, you know you're going right, and I mean with the flexibility, it makes sense, but. Yeah, well, 2021, baby. And Carnival, we're gonna get into that. Oh yeah. But even to the point too, when they went, I remember you saying it as well. When people book through through the Pelican Club, like you had to cancel quite a few trips during COVID, um, and you said that like For when sure. they book through you, like you know, just as, a, as a side note, like I had a trip planned in September, going to ball, we're probably all gonna go, um, and with my flight fortunately I booked through airplanes so the cancellation is typically pretty easy that, but I know I had some hotels at the cancel some excursions I had lined up and how'd I book them you know you, I'd be on the phone like it's a three week trip I had planned I'd be on the phone non-stop and for me one of the biggest things when I travel actually to go back to the point of what do I consider luxury luxury for me is to pick up one phone and say hey I need to cancel all these things can that get done not hey bank hey credit card hey this hey that so one, there we go more than one call We're to kind me of gone station. full circle back to what i said at the start is luxury is that ability to go you know what jam deal with this i can't i can't be bothered and that's what we do anyway yeah is we deal with it for you you've booked it through us we're going to handle everything start to finish some people have said you know what let's do our trip next year this time everything's rearranged or changed and move forward brand new itineraries brand new experiences or others have said you know what we're not sure what's going to happen let's cancel it fully and 100% refund including whatever small fees we charge as well because for us it's very important that you have your trip and experience it yeah. um, regardless of what legwork's gone into it um, and that and that's and that's huge right now is the ability to say you know what just deal with it for me is yeah. is, is is big uh, one interesting thing you said earlier too is that during the interview process you say that it's got to be a fit for you right you're not yeah. just going to take on a client that that might be a better suited for an Expedia trip and I find that in today's society like that type of service is becoming so important that we had Kelsey Rose she's a personal trainer and she takes on a lot of sponsorships and she had uh, she's lactose intolerant and she had a, a potential sponsor for a milk and she had to say no for obvious reasons right of course so it's so tough to turn away money to turn away business but it's so important for a company or a person that the fit is right on both ends because then it just if let's say you take on a client that's not right for your business and they go and they just they're not happy that ref that's going to reflect on your business even though it's not you really your fault and are you really going to enjoy planning that for them because yeah. what we do is something we really love to do yeah so um and I know, yeah, obviously you're turning away revenue, but at the same time, you have to be true to what your brand stands for. And we, again, going back, you'd asked me earlier why the Pelican Club. And the Pelican, interestingly enough, the totem for a Pelican as a bird is resourcefulness. And I think that's something that stems right through to what we do is to be as resourceful as possible to get stuff done. 
that's kind of where it comes from to say, you know, find that, that resource. That was good. I like that. Ricky just made a note so he can put mental that as a note. clip on social <laughs> media because he likes it. Like you no, know, but it's, it's true because you know what? When you think, and we, I usually ask people, it's like, why'd you choose that name? Yeah. And bingo, right there. But not just that. That's, that's to a point. Like, you know, Ricky brought the point up of like, you know, it's easy to take money in. I mean, someone might come to you and say, you know, I want to plan a, 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 whether it's 5K, 10K, 20K trip, 30K, whatever. But at the end of the day, if it, like, I'm sure you did what you do and created the Pelican Club because you love what you do. You didn't do it yeah. to, you know, I'm sure you don't think you work every day. Planning these trips probably excites you because you're like, holy, I didn't know this and I could do this for my next trip. But no amount of, you know, I mean, maybe not no amount of money. That's an exaggeration. But if someone comes and says, you know, plan this for me, but they're, you know, tweaking everything and they want to do stuff that you're not really into, like, it, it is important to have the fit, right? Because then if you're trying to plan for someone that you can't mesh with and they're yeah, going to be absolutely. a little difficult. But there's, there's a level to that. I, I'm in the hospitality industry for 20 years now. And that's, yeah. and that level is you understand that guests have expectations. Okay. So I know there's going to be picky guests and chill guests and all the way in between. Um, I mean, I mean, it's interesting. We worked at the Four Seasons for a long time. They're, like, there's a there's a stigma with guests from certain countries where you know right off the back that they're a little bit more entitled. They're they they want certain things. Give and, give it to us. Oh, I mean, is it in my book? Is it in my book? Can I find it in my book? The uh, stuck up countries. <laughs> Just I mean, we know. Listen, we know. We've traveled enough that we know the countries that you meet that like have a bit of a preconceived. I don't man. I hate, I, no, well, I can't. The, the trickiest the French, ones. I'll give I it to you. The, French. the trickiest ones Whoa. for me are. Are Americans and Brits. Okay. Yeah. Um, Arabic guests are um, easier because you already understand the expectation. Whereas with... <laughs> the expectation? It's very high. Yeah. Tell us what to stop. <laughs> yeah. Whereas like here, it's they're like They're also here. fully willing to pay for that level of expectation. Yeah, yeah. Whereas you get clients that are um, not understanding the costs behind things um, and, and asking you to do them for them anyway. I mean, that's just that's just the industry. Yeah. I mean, whether it's restaurants or hotels or, or travel, you deal with you're dealing with people, and that's that's part of it. But um, yeah, I always say, and this I, my wife calls this controversial, but for me, travel is the antidote to ignorance. Okay. Um, in that you get out. Forty there. minute mark. Okay, good note. <laughs> I like it's that. A bit, it's a bit rough, but I guess for me, it's it's very important for people to see the world right. And you've done some amazing trips. Um, and on those trips, seeing things and being places and understanding the culture. And I don't have the tolerance for people who would go somewhere, not appreciate the food, the culture, the religion. You're better off staying at home. Yeah. Um, and there are cruise ships Agreed. that host 10,000 people on them and go to a destination and all go onto the beach and put their Coke cans and garbage cans that can't handle yeah, the environment. Yeah, yeah. That's not holidaying for me. That's getting time away or escaping from where you currently live um, and not properly seeing and experiencing a place. Like going to Mexico City, unbelievable food, unbelievable history, unbelievable architecture. And Americans um, are silly to McDonald's. But you don't always have to go to Cancun and to Oasis, yeah. right? <laughs> well, actually, to that point, you were told, we, again, you mentioned you went recently to Mexico City. Yeah, actually, that was the last trip just before COVID. Um, my wife and I got away without the kid for the first time, and we did. Wait, uh, wait. Before we go any farther, I know, I know a stat that I want to uh, want to hear something crazy. I know Rick doesn't know this. Hit us with it. So, so don't butcher Mag it, though. Okay, so his son. Oh yeah. Is eight, eighteen months, Magnus. Uh, well, before COVID, he was like name. seventeen I was months. I was, I knew yeah. he's the sickest name. That's a badass yeah, name. Gang. He's gonna be just like grow up like Thor, like my big beauty. Um, <laughs> sorry. So he's eighteen months. Swedish, yeah. Yeah, eighteen months. 
Yeah. How many flights do you think he's been on in his life? <laughs> 18 months. That's a year and a half. Yeah, if my dad was in travel too. Well, I, I don't know. I don't remember the first time I got on a plane, but uh, I'm going to say 18 months. Let's say every four months. I'm going to say no, I'm way low. I'm just, you said every four okay. months. <laughs> so let me say, I'm going to go 16. He's been on 27 flights in 18 months. That's insane. How crazy yeah, is that's that? That's insane. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, he's, I thought I flew a lot. Yeah, I'm, just, just, I'm, like, I'm like, yeah. I'm 30 now. He's been to five Greek islands. He's been all over the Caribbean. He's been in Europe from this Sweden, kids, London, This little kid's like knapsack is covered well, in like salt. <laughs> also, fun fact for those out there. If you got a kid, un, he's under two. Is it under two? You get the kid flies under two on flies lap. Free, infant, on lap. Yeah. So when you have a kid, man, you gotta take advantage of that. Kid flies for free until they're two years old. But sorry, let me ask uh, your son Magnus because that's a badass name. Uh, <laughs> how is he with flying? Oh, it's uh, it changes as he grows. Like he was, he's been great. I mean, you when you travel that much, you expect a few flights to be crazy, and he's had one ridiculous incident. This one you told me. Yeah. Oh my is god. Tell us the story. Tell us the story. Appropriate so, for air. Yeah. I is think. This, is this fine? Or yo, yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, the yeah, one okay. where. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. This is funny, man. This is like. So well, I'm not funny for there, but <laughs> we're flying. Uh, it's the start of our trip. We've got multiple stops. We're flying London, uh, Toronto, London. And um, the flight's about to Sorry, take Sorry, how old off. is he at this point? He is How maybe, old is King Magnus? <laughs> he's just over a year, like 13 months or so. Okay. King um, Magnus. Yeah. 13 months. We, uh, we're heading to London, and he's in this bucket seat beside us. So we got an extra seat in the flight that just happened to be empty. Put him in there in his car seat. So he's facing backwards. Plane starts to take off down the runway super fast. And all of a sudden, he just starts to exorcist projectile vomit. <laughs> As the, Magnus. Gets, funny. as the plane takes off it hits the couple sitting behind us <laughs> and there's nothing we can do the seatbelt signs on we're like holding a sheet up trying to block this thing his car seat is covered it's like a pool and the smell is just ridiculous <laughs> Um, King Magnus wow and then Not we had to wait day. they finally put the seatbelt sign off and it was like the like the craziest cleanup job known to man and apologies <laughs> to the people behind us and I think he like we were scared as to how, how crazy that was, but uh, but he was fine. I mean, the rest of the flight was okay. He did about three or four more on that trip and was just great. But, yeah. <laughs> you know, this stuff happens, especially when you have kids. It's so unpredictable. Like, there was one point on the island of Milos where my wife lost it because there's a beach that you had to get to, and the only way to get to that beach was to backward climb down a rock with a rope. So to get to that beach, you had to do this, and I've got the car bucket seat in one hand and I'm lowering myself down this, this rock. She's man, like, this, King Magnus, we she's terrible me, parents. You would have climbed down himself, man. I feel like child services is going to come <laughs> to me. No, 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 we're good. We're good. Uh, so I, that so bad. Jump in, it, that's crazy, eh? 27 jump. flights off front. Yeah. It's a lot. I said frick, I'm okay there. But jumping back to, so Mexico City first son without, without King Magnus. King yeah. Magnus. And so how was that? Like you were telling me some stories about it, but like, and it's oh, been high on my list for, for, for a long time. It's an, unbelievable place and i was actually surprised as to the amazing adventures and things there's so much history and the best way to experience it is the national gallery in mexico city has a uh, uh, diego rivera mural and if you get somebody to explain the whole mural to you it is the entire history of mexico uh, moving through the years and it is unbelievable the place the the amazing cuisine the two best restaurants we went to which was both quintanil and puyol which are their Michelin-starred restaurants. Mm -hmm. 
like a taco omakase tasting menu. Yeah. Absolutely blows your mind away. Um, and then mezcal bars that are hidden in streets that only locals go to. So mm-hmm. we were doing this trip as if it was our kind of adventure as well. So we did, we also got, we did one day as a, uh, of a tour on, on e-bikes. So we had this guide and we took e-bikes all over Mexico City fantastic experience because you literally see it in a really fun way stop wherever you want grab a couple churros hit a museum or check out a cool park or just rip it on the bike it's a lot of fun um and it was a great time i mean i would recommend it to anybody but the important thing too is like even going back you know when you're looking for that kind of stuff you're gonna go on trip advisors probably something up there that's been ranked high because it's been high forever and it's hard you know once something is a thousand or a million votes and it's number one like it's hard to change that or you know if a lot of people say i like this but it's been dated and it's sold or the business has changed hands like experiences change all the time too and like understanding that and knowing how to really like know what you're getting yourself into is very tough i'll give you a perfect example of that i actually so i've worked with four seasons for a long time so i decided not to stay there in mexico city in the next the number two hotel in Mexico City is the St. Regis. Um, we stayed there for two nights and then two nights at an amazing boutique hotel. And I already gave that away by saying amazing boutique hotel, but the St. Regis experience was very soulless and not a Mexican experience. Whereas this other one, you walk in, the first thing he does is pour you like an aged <coughs> tequila at the reception desk, chat with you, beautiful rooftop bar. It was just the right experience for us. So it's good to see those different types of things and understand that, yeah, on TripAdvisor and a lot of sites, the same re- but it, it, it wasn't the right thing for us. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas this other one was amazing. Yeah, yeah. I wanted to ask, how many countries have you been to? Sorry, first give us King Oof. Magnus. How many has he been to? Oh man, I haven't counted. Five that. Greek islands. He's been all over Probably Greece. The States, He's I'm been assuming. a, Greece, a UK, lot of Sweden. countries in the Euro- in Europe, UK, Sweden, France, Italy, Spain. Uh, he's definitely been it. in the Caribbean to Barbados, the Grenadines Islands. He's been on a couple of yacht trips. Uh, Damn man, this kid's balling <laughs> already. He might yeah, hit it. like he might hit every country in the world at some point. That's crazy. Uh, what about yourself? Another quote there, just for just for you guys, is um, if. Um, it's okay if you butcher it. I butcher them all. <laughs> Ricky yeah, messes quotes uh, up on a regular basis. I might even steal yours and butcher it so after. Have you been everywhere? It's on my list. Ah, I like that. That, that is a good um, one. That is a good funny, one. Funny enough you mentioned that. Uh, a friend of mine from Western is the youngest Canadian to visit all 100 and I guess 90. Who are we shouting out to? Michael Graziano. Michael. What's, it's called um, <laughs> he, uh, the Global the Degree. Global Degree. So okay. he started this back in 2014. So he wanted to travel to every country. Again, love traveling, and he again does it all. So he started this. He started selling like light up T-shirts, almost so ones that had like little battery packs that would light up, and they were basically for raves and stuff. So he sold sold those to kind of start funding his trip, and he would do it in stages. So he started something called the Global Degree, and it became massive on Instagram. I think he's got I don't know maybe a couple hundred thousand followers on Instagram, and uh, he just completed it. Back in, I want to say January, so we met up at a bar. He was in Toronto, so we all met up at a bar. He had like a little party yeah. for it. Yeah, so I think there's 190 200, nations. 200. 210, 207. 13 or 14 or something like that. Regardless, something, an insane amount. He's been to them all. Exactly. That's crazy. That's that's an adventure. For yeah. Sure. So and he's got like insane pictures. So he was featured in Forbes, um, like all, all these amazing websites, and they all reviewed him. So he created some amazing partnerships and and did some great brand deals too to help to help it out. But uh, I like again on yourself. How many countries do you think you've been to? Oh, that's that's a tough one. Um, 
I have not counted it, and that's a good point because I need to, but all over Asia, I've lived in seven um, for at least a oh. year or more. Um, whew, this is... Uh, Can you speak other languages? I, actually not. No. Oh, I'm okay. terrible with languages. That's my like biggest weakness. You were my born, wife, hold on. You were born in India. Your background is... Born in India. My background is Persian. I uh, studied in Toronto in, as a, a child. Um, university in Switzerland, worked in the UK, um, opened a resort, a beach bar and restaurant in the Caribbean Islands in the Grenadines. Um, Where are we shouting out? What's the name? He's still, he's oh, Jack's still Beach Bar. Becky Jack's Beach, Beach Bar. Shout out. Hey, if we go there, drinks. On the house. Drinks on Jamble. On the house, baby. Drinks on Jamble. They have an overproof rum there that is, it's stupidly ridiculous. I think it's... Uh, and like all this travel talk, just something to drink and go out Make travel. You blind, eh? it, yeah, you can go blind with that for sure. <laughs> Heck yeah. When did you open? I know you sent it. I was reading over. When did you open that? Um, that was 2017. 2017. Um, there was an existing property there. It's the only thing on this beach. It's Locals call it Tony Gibbons Beach, which is after a fisherman that used to live on this beach. And then Princess Margaret had her honeymoon in Mystique, which is the island across the way. And she came in a sailboat and apparently skinny dipped on this beach. And it's been renamed Princess Margaret Beach. Heck yeah, Princess Margaret. Her. Take it She's off. a wild one for sure. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, so there's nothing else on this beach. It's beautifully calm, peaceful, and just the bar. And to get there, you either got to get on a boat or take or a... Or get naked. Yeah, get naked. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and the next door island, Mystique, is actually a very interesting place in this planet. It's a island that was um, bought by a British colonial guy, and he originally wanted to turn it into a sugar plantation, and ended up being one of the biggest celebrity hotspots. So it's a privately owned island. Um, is it its own country? No, no, it's okay. part of Saint Vincent and the Grenadines. Okay, uh, but the island itself is run by a, a, a management company, and they have um, villas for you know like Tommy Hilfiger, John Bon Jovi. Uh, the uh, royal family has been a lot of like Will and Kate's honeymoon was out there, wow. um, and the honeymoon I sent you a link of they yeah, were the yeah they were gonna go experience a bit of that. Well, that, was that coming up that itinerary? Um, it was uh, during COVID. Yeah, it has been pushed, um, but uh, yeah, I mean. Well, tell and us I about one. Well, just okay. sorry to say, no, like that right. itinerary you sent me. So, I mean, I know obviously I've seen the brand, I've seen the website, all that stuff. So I didn't expect anything less. But when I saw the itinerary, I was like, holy shit, like. So people understand, again, to jump back to the Pelican Club and and even to preface this too, like one thing we've talked about, like maybe like a misnomer here is that like when we talk, you know, we're talking about luxury and high-end stuff, but I mean, you guys cater to it, like it's everything, right? I mean, like we said, it's not like you're going and planning a trip that every vacation is going to cost you 10, 15, 20, 30,000. It's not like you're planning this for the, for, you know, people with crazy deep pockets. I mean, you can cater trips differently, right? And I think that's a, I want to touch on that for ahead. a second because if you can do a trip for a couple grand, it's fine. Yeah. It's just doing it right. And we've, we've done trips for 8, 10K that are big, long trips. And we've done trips that are 100K. Um, and they're very different, um, but they're both very amazing experiences. And it's, it's not about, nothing that we do is about spending a crazy amount of money. It's about spending that money correctly, right? And understanding uh, you know, what, how to take that budget and run with it all the way. And I never, and I never push people past their budget. Um, because that for me is an area where, you know, you've said what you want to spend. Let's just give you the craziest experience within that value. Within it, yeah. But also understand that if you're going that low, then what's associated sure, with yeah, that, yeah. right? Um, 
you you mentioned that and kind of playing within your budget. And you said this earlier, some people care more about rooms, some people care more about activities. When I was traveling in Europe last summer, this is when I left um, after George's brother's wedding. So we traveled, uh, we went to Mykonos after, and then me and my girlfriend at the time, we went to uh, Croatia, and we, she wanted to do Dubrovnik, so we went to Dubrovnik. And we're the type of people that we don't care about the room we stay in. So we said we got X amount of dollars, how can we have the best trip with staying within this, in this budget? So... We literally said, okay, in Dubrovnik, we need to be in the castle. So you know what? We're not going to be in the room much at all. We're going to be in there to sleep and shower. So let's get a room inside the castle that is literally one of the cheapest that is still relatively like nice and safe. Yeah. Our room, I think, was 200 square feet. I don't even think it was 200 square feet. <laughs> like, I'm not kidding. It was a room with a bed, enough walking space to get to the bathroom, a bathroom that was the size of, honestly, like... George's ball machine li- literally like George's like countertop and we made it work and we were in there basically non-sleeping I don't even think we really got ready there much it was kind of like hey babe put your hair up like we're, we're on to the next because we'd rather spend the money at Boozabar or at Revelin or like yeah, one of amazing. these crazy experiences and that's, and that just, that's where we differ too with our trips yeah George- I like the whole experience I like like nice comedy I'll, I'll sacrifice maybe one like an excursion or going to see something but I want like nice accommodation I feel like that's really like unwind and relax yeah but anyways that's by digress and for me, for me accommodation my general rule is resort or relaxation experience high accommodation yeah city exploration adventure um where you're not in the room as much everything you need nothing you don't yeah um that's exactly that's, how that's actually the ace hotel model which i think is a brilliant I city love, hotel love it, uh concept which is you literally have for a decent price everything you need to have in a city because most of the time you need to be out there anyway you um, want to be exploring yeah. exactly and you know me and george we've done enough vacations to have a perfect middle ground. Yeah. So like for me, I'm the type, I won't waste a single day on a trip. Like I'll, no matter how hungover I am, no matter how deathly tired and sick I am, I mean, I'm still going out. Yeah, absolutely. That's why and, I need accommodations because yeah, I'm so out George, cold most To me, George, like, George knows I'm not spending, I'm not staying at like five-star like top-line hotels because I'd rather just not pay that additional money. Whereas if it's up to me, I'm staying in a you know a three and a half four where George is a five. We'll meet at oh, a four hold on, four and a half. Hold on, hold on. Like I feel like people are gonna listen to this and be like, "Oh, this guy's an asshole." Standing no, up. no. <laughs> I stayed in, in hostels in India with like cockroaches yeah. on the floor. No, shit. Like no. I'm not some prima donna, but I do like. Yeah, I like I like the nice whole experience because also like to me when I go on vacations, I guess just sorry to cut you yeah, off, Ricky, no, no. but like for me, part of it, um, and some people might think this is a waste, but I know when I was traveling a lot, like even when I have a short trip, a long trip, like for me. If I stay at a nice hotel, city again is different. But if I'm at like a, in a you know warm climate place, part of the experience, I usually will take a day, do nothing but not leave the hotel. Like stay in bed half the day, go down and check out the pool, walk, sit yeah. in the lobby, have a have a drink. Like I will experience the resort. I just find I've always since I was young, hotel for me hotels and actual airlines, like the actual experience, experience. of getting somewhere and staying somewhere to me is is like a, a big chunk of it. So yeah. I've experienced a lot of hotels, a lot of hostels, a lot of Airbnbs. I, I really like that to experience all that. There's two things I always do or appreciate at hotels. One for me, it's huge. I don't know why, but it's turndown service. Yep. Having a good turndown service is such a luxury that you come back to your room. Like this doesn't happen at home. Yeah, you make your bed. Yeah. But everything's tight. Everything's neat. Everything's put away, and you're like, oh my god. Yeah. This is this is fresh. Again, like this what is the hell? Nice. This is amazing. Yeah, amazing. Yeah. And the second thing, and this, I used to judge hotels based on this, is at some stage during a stay, I'd have a club sandwich, staple at every hotel. Yeah. And a lot of, a like lot a of hotels, a classic. a lot of hotels butcher it. 
Yeah. Like absolutely. Like you, you need to you know, be. One it slice to, it. Like you have a little slice of turkey yeah. or something. Yeah. yeah. It's like, males like dripping out <laughs> disgustingly. I actually did a, I did a write up on club sandwiches around the world and the fact of what I think is the best club sandwich and why, because it's, it's such a thing when you go to travel that you have this, every hotel seems to have it on their menu. I'm not it's like only, a thing that grounds you almost. It's yeah, like, you're it's, like, yeah. Okay. So it's funny. I, I'm going to, I want to ask a question. Sorry. I was going to say, I'm not the only reviewer around here, man. We got another reviewer this here. Guy, listen, you want to talk hotels? Like, I mean, I've traveled a lot, but if you want to know anything about anything, he's the guy to ask. No, but what I was even saying before, sorry. Can I just ask before you go on that? Where is the best club sandwich or your favorite you had? The favorite I've had. Big shout out coming here. Yeah. It's, um, and this is, this is also, this is also a bit, uh, it's also a bit uh, of a shout out, I guess. Yeah, for sure. Is the Claridge's hotel in London. Sorry, which one? Claridge's in London. Claridge's? Yeah. Where's Claridge's? So in London, there's tons of hotels. Claridge's, the Connaught and the Berkeley are some of the most beautiful properties and they're part of one group. Um, and the Claridge's for me, they've got this unbelievable afternoon tea. It's just presented beautifully. It feels luxurious, but still has that taste of a club sandwich that you want. It's refined. Everything stays within the within the bread. Yeah, yeah. Um, That's a yeah. big, big That's thing, interesting. Eh? I've never would have thought to have a club. I mean, I eat it pretty often like when I travel. But see, I have the same kind of thing, but I have a Negroni everywhere I go. Yeah, that's like my okay. state. Mind you, I like maybe it's I like I just got drink more. I, just, I felt like when I was traveling, I started having them, and I was like, I, I started having one to every hotel bar that I went to. I would sit down the first night there and just like have the bartender. I'd sit at the bar by myself or with friends, whatever, and have them make me a Negroni. Negroni. Um, it's a great drink. It's hard to be very creative with a Negroni. There's a lot of little things you can change in terms of what ingredients you use, but it's three spirits in equal parts. It is, yeah. And um, I think that again, you can't like it's hard to mess up. Yes. I think part of the experience too, like I look at like the bar setting, the environment, kind of the, the mindset and everything yeah. like that. But yeah, there's mind you, I can't remember all the ones I had, but there's been some good ones. <laughs> Amazing. What's your go to yeah. drink? Vodka Double seven. vodka seven. Double vodka seven. That just should tell you what his travel experience is the most uh, plain no, guy. Right? Double vodka seven yeah, at the pool bar you, at the Oasis in Cancun. Yeah, imagine. You can't uh, no, know. Double vodka seven. Those are, those are double vodka seven at Ushuaia pool. Oh yeah, heck yeah. That's that's your go to. I'm the opposite of that whereas I want to be in the hotel or like as little as possible. When I'm traveling, I want to sleep as little as possible. I want to just get up and go. Like there's and again, like uh, this is what I was saying before. Me and George have a good balance because I know we just party for 3 days in a row. George is not making it out of bed on that fourth day. I'm not even going to talk George. I'm out here. Here's where I'm going. If you need me, call me or meet me there later. 95% of the time I know he's not making it the odd time yeah he'll he'll roll out meet me there but it's good because I don't need I don't need to go with someone he's similar to that too he doesn't need anybody Which to go is great. with you guys I'll just got get that, up and go and when we when we went to Dubrovnik three years ago when I met him on his year-long trip we went we were in uh, Dubrovnik and again I absolutely love it so yeah. we went to Buzabar I actually really like Dubrovnik yeah and it's Buzabar is my favorite bar in the world it's the bar on the outside of the walls yeah, on yeah. the cliff so, so sick there's no bathrooms there's no ice there's no you can't you know, there's no bathroom there. Oh, yeah. Well, there is. It's like oh, in the water. wall. Yeah. Like, <laughs> there's no like real toilets. Uh, they literally have to bring in the ice. There's no, I don't even think there's an ice machine. You can't get like special drinks. It's just it's like a fake bar. Ciders, like a bar. ciders and beers and that's it. And like peanuts and bags of chips. So we were there. We had a great spot for the sunset. So we went cliff diving. George messed up his ear. Blew my eardrum. Yeah. So amazing. That yeah. night, <laughs> he went uh, off like a... F- 40, 40, 40 50 cliff. Cliff, yeah. Three times I did it. Twice I went, and then the third time I saw these guys going, and they were like waffling, and I was like, you chickens. Yeah. I was a little bit, at this point, I had a few more drinks than the first two times, and I was like, come on, guys, stop being wimps. They're like, you won't go. 
And I was like, all right. And I just Heck jumped yeah. and fucking blew, Gainer. My, I blew my eardrum. No. Yeah, I blew it out. Anyways, so I survived. That that night, George is like, I don't know if I'm going to go up. I'm like, you know. But I had a blown eardrum. Yeah, this is our last night out. Revelin, it was a club I've like never been to. I had water like leaking out of my ear. Like, just like, it was like, I'm, yeah, it was messed up. It's, uh, I'm not sure if you've ever been. Revelin's the nightclub inside the castle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Never been. And I was like, okay, I got to go. So George didn't want to come. So I'm like, okay, I got like 200 bucks, 200 euros left. So in Croatia, they take kunas. Not, they also accept euros. euros, but it's a kuna country, right? So I get there, and I can't remember the exact exchange, but I'd pay in my drinks with euros. It's like six euros. Okay, I'll give a 10. Then they give me the change in kunas. But I didn't realize that they were rinsing me every time they did the exchange. It's like, imagine paying like one Canadian to one American to one Canadian. It was something like and getting that. your change back yeah. the same. Yeah, the Canadian. same. And I'm getting yeah. rinsed. So eventually I go through my 200 bucks and I'm like, man, this like whatever kind of sucks. I'm just spend 200 bucks. <laughs> and I was like, that's my cue to go home, right? I got no money left. What am I going to do? Somehow made friends with these people from uh, Punta Cana. Mexico somewhere probably I think there were a bunch of doctors and were I just kind of hitched in with them you telling like, yeah, you're Canadian stories. we like Canadians <laughs> so I ended up chilling with them all night I got home and George's like man where'd you go I, was like, I had the craziest night <laughs> you had some good stories yeah but it, uh, yeah. Uh, I wanted to ask what's the craziest trip you've planned for somebody or maybe not craziest what's the one that really stands out the most to you I'm going to just tell you about one of my trips that st- Ooh, stands like out because um you know, travel traveling is kind of the opening to storytelling. And when you go into group settings, you're chatting with friends, family, whatever it is, somehow when you're talking, you end up talking about an experience on a holiday. And, and that's what's so beautiful about traveling. This trip, we were a group of maybe eight or 10 of us, and we had the privilege of being on one friend's uh, yacht in the Mediterranean. Already, We need, we need more friends with yachts. Yeah, eh, I know. We don't have enough friends with yachts. Come on. <laughs> Already an exceptional experience. And we're doing the Aeolian Islands uh, down by Sicily. And unbelievable going from one island to the next, swimming, enjoying ourselves. We woke up one morning hungover, had a bunch of mimosas, started lunch with beers, drinking I again. I knew that was coming. Heck yeah, mimosas. Yeah. <laughs> and then one of the guys, he goes, oh, we're at this island called uh, we're at the Stromboli. And Stromboli is an active volcano. And after lunch, he goes, guys, we got to climb this volcano this afternoon. And everybody in the boat was like, yeah, right. This is not going to happen. This is ridiculous. Two hours later, we're standing at the bottom of this volcano with this Sherpa guide. He's looking at all of us. He's like, you guys have extra T-shirts, headlamps, backpacks. We're like, no. So we went and bought everything from the, like, the local store. Well, so you, you end up buying like Patriots Super Bowl T-shirts or something. <laughs> exactly. Pretty much. Souvenir gear. Yeah. And do this massive hike. Get up there. And literally, it was... It was like a, a moment in life where you see something you never expected, and it's a volcano fully erupting. You're watching the lava as it's coming out, and like one of the one of the members of our group just burst out into tears. She was overwhelmed by the whole thing. Another person had to turn around halfway, but he managed to he managed to find some weed on the way down, so that was helpful for the <laughs> remainder of the trip. But um, so I mean, wait, but it was an act. Like you could literally see the lava. It's an active volcano, Stromboli, in uh, in the in the islands there, and. It's about a three-hour hike up, and the way down is literally um, skiing down through lava sand. So it's just this, like, uh, black ash, sand. black ash, oh, yeah. that's sick. Um, and wow. you can't see anything, but this headlamp, they're, like, focus on the person in front of you, and everybody just slide it, your legs. night or just the, the smoke Oh, yeah, and because you do the sunset at the, at the top, which is insane. You're coming down at night. At night. Jesus Christ. Get to the bottom, go to a little pizzeria, grab pizzas, get back in the boat. Chefs had a whole meal prepared for us as well. Didn't realize that. Could be worse. Could eh? be worse. Going from a volcano, like a little bit rough, yeah. and then onto a yacht, like, ah, oh, okay, I'll survive. It, it, was, <laughs> it was one of those, like, 
there's so many things that happened on that trip, but that moment for the 10 of us that were on that trip will be a lasting, lasting yeah. memory. George, what's your, again, that's insane. George, what's your favorite, one favorite travel memory or moment? This is very hard um, because there's one story that I typically have told everybody, but I'm not going to say it right now because it's one, it's a bit long, but it's also not my favorite, I don't think. There's a few. I said one, yeah, I think it was with Dimitri yesterday. I talked about like, the first time I figured out I was content. At the, yeah, he told that, that one, so yeah. I'm not going to repeat that one, but that was in, in Hanoi, uh, in Ho Chi Minh City, Vietnam. Um, one of my favorites, actually, you know what? This is one of my favorites. Um, I was in, uh, we were in Spain. I was with a girlfriend of mine, and we were doing like the this, the Costa del Sol from. Yeah. So we we actually shout out to Kia because we met Kia. Met, wait, what? I was gonna say shout out Nat. Shout out Nat. Yeah, come on. Shout out Nat. Shout out Nat. Yeah, shout out. So okay, so Nat. So I, we were in. Shout like, you got to point at the camera. We just shout out. Shout out Nat. Nat. We were in. Uh, we were in Spain. <laughs> this is 2017 summer. Uh, this is near the start of my trip. We were with a bunch of friends. We did Spain early September. We were in Mallorca with like Rick and our buddy Dave and and uh, and some friends. And then I was going to continue on, go to Barcelona from Barcelona, go down, um, hit up Sevilla, Sevilla, go across. But anyways, our friend Nat's like, "Hey, I got time off from work. Can I come drive with you?" I was like, "Yeah, of course. Like, no problem." So um, we spent time in Barcelona, favorite city ever, um, and. Uh, Anyways, we go from um, we take we miss our flight to to Sevilla. We went to the uh, Kia came in, a good buddy of ours, made me stay, made me change my flight to stay to watch the Barcelona Juventus game. Oh, tough oh, that's life. fantastic! Barcelona tough Juventus life. Champions League game, which is tough crazy. I'm, I'm a massive window. Arsenal supporter. I have to say that right okay, now. Okay, okay, okay. I want to go see the Gunners play. I used to work at a property in the UK where the Gunners would stay prior to every single game. Oh, wow. So me and Wenger were in good terms. I may have also dealt with a certain scandal with a certain player. Um, Olivier Giroud plays for Chelsea now. Okay, okay. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, you got I some mean, dirt on these guys. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. It's. Um, uh, yeah, it was. Uh, that's one thing I want to see. I haven't seen the game in the UK yet, but I have seen. Yeah, I saw the game in Spain. Anyways, that this is gonna fast forward this, but I missed my flight, so we had to, and we were hungover at the like hoof it to the uh, train station in the morning. Like we woke up at nine, our flight was at nine ten. We're like, yeah, we're not making it. So uh, we take a train down to Sevilla, and then from Sevilla, we rented a car and we did the whole Costa del Sol. So we did so Sevilla. Um, we actually were planning to drive straight to Marbella, but we stopped in uh, uh, Bonifa, Bonita. Torre Melinos. There's a bunch of places on the way. We just kept looking up Google Maps, pulling off yeah. the side streets, and hit some of the best beaches I've, I've ever seen. Just like pulled off, spent the day there, got back in the car, hit the next city. Went to Marbella, went to Malaga. Um, but then the last stop was the best. And this is one of my favorite parts of the trip. And I really like it, this, your sunset story, kind of reminded me of it. We were going to go to Granada. Yeah. To go to Alhambra, yeah. which is the old Moorish, uh, the old Moorish fortress there, and it's like one of the UNESCO World Heritage sites. I thought that was the only thing in Granada. I'm like, okay, we're gonna drive to this place, see the fortress, and then get out of there. Um, so Nat and I drive in. We get there early in the morning. We get to the gates of Alhambra, and we're like, one, like two tickets, please. They're like, what do you mean two tickets? They're like, this thing sells out like four days in advance. Do you even buy tickets? We're like, no. Can we not just get tickets here? They're like, no. You gotta buy like it's like four days from now you can come. So we're like, oh, this sucks. So Nat's like, why don't we just drive around the city? We're here now. So we drive around and Granada, for those who've never been, it's got a very like, almost like a Moroccan, Middle Eastern feel. And uh, so we drove around like, this is sick. Let's just stay for a night. We, rented, we stayed at some, like, some hostel um, with like a bunch of hippies. <laughs> it was honestly like just people very chill. And, like, I'm not, I mean, I can be chill, but not my really my vibe at that point. It's a bit of a Spanish vibe. Yeah, very laid back. So 
Anyways, we stayed. Um, also, fun fact about Granada, it's where uh, tapas was invented, tapa. And also, if you order tapa in Granada, you get a free drink. So you order, no, sorry, you order drink, you get free food. Free, free tapa. So that's you know, a, you know, that's, I had my drinks, got the free food That's there. a lot of the south of Spain, and even in, in the south of Italy as well, it's a similar yeah. situation yeah, yeah, yeah. where you have a little bite with, with your cocktail. Yeah, so it was like you order drinks and like you just sit. So anyway, some of the coolest restaurants we had been to, great vibe, but the, the, the moment that stood out to me was that that night, we met these friends at the hostel. They're like, we're going to go hike up to go see where the, um, not gypsies is a term for them, but they live in the caves next to Alhambra. So it's like a mountain, um, San, um, San Antonio, and there's like caves. They actually live in these caves. Crazy, like almost like hippie gypsy type people. We go up. All these people start inviting us into their place. Like you want, you know, you want a meal, you want drinks, like very welcoming. And we're all just sitting there. There's people I just met at our hostel. Now with these gypsies that I'd never, now I thought I was going to get like, kidnapped. I didn't know what was going on. And we're just sitting outside, having coffee, having like wine, and just sitting on their like makeshift balconies, watching the sunset. And the sun setting in front of us in the uh, Sierra Nevada desert. To the left is Alhambra. And I was like, holy shit, like this is like real life. And I didn't pay a dime to do this. Like we stayed in a hostel, that probably paid 20 bucks that night. And we're just sitting on a mountain drinking free wine from gypsies that I don't, who knows where they made it. To me, that was one of the best experiences. Um, shout out Nat. She honestly, a great, great travel partner. Um, yeah. That's a bit of a long I got story, the but that was one of my favorite. I've learned. That was one of my favorite ones. Richard, what about what about you? Um, but sorry, sorry. I mean, what you just said, that experience. I feel like travel, that kind of stuff with travel. That's what makes you richer in life. Oh yeah, that's what gives you that like, not just storytelling ability, but those things that make you somebody who understands the world, people around you, and you come back to your hometown with an open mind so happy to have understood something different and For new sure. which is which is huge i'll huge. tell you that my, my whole trip changed my perspective on not just life but on how to treat people how to accept people how to understand people um i realized a lot when you travel like you know when you're here in canada you think that everyone lives in canada whether you come from different backgrounds i speak a certain way i think everyone understands what i speak because i speak english but everybody's come from a different upbringing comes from a different place things mean different things in different situations the tone of your voice everything and I think that one of the biggest lessons I took from travel is that um, even if everyone speaks English or everyone speaks Greek or Italian or Arabic, whatever, everywhere has different mannerisms, different ways they, they convey things, different personalities. And uh, you have to really like try to step back and see what people are saying because what they're always saying is not always what they mean. And I just think you have to be very open-minded in, in interact with people because some people Japan they're very cold and standoffish but that doesn't mean they hate you it's the antidote to ignorance there you go that brings uh, it full circle full circle for sure yeah. I love it what about you partner um, a couple that really stand out first is Great Wall of China oh, amazing I was just so amazed by so fun fact and this is an easy bet you can make with any of your friends and you'll win nine times out of ten uh, if you ask them how long the Great Wall of China is everyone's gonna say I don't know it goes around China okay Maybe 10,000 kilometers. No, it's 23,000 kilometers long. Wow. So, so some points it's just a path. But if you Google the Great Wall of China, I believe it's 23,000 uh, 23, kilometers. So that's basically east coast to west coast of Canada. And back. It's crazy. And back. And back. Because it goes all around and it's like... Like all the way Aliens made it for sure. some points it is just a path. But if you Google the Great Wall of China, I think it's 23. I'm going to interrupt 000. you for a second because you mentioned East to West Canada. And through this whole COVID situation, we've done so much research on regional travel. And we've sent two different trips that have canceled to different places in Canada. 
And our country is unbelievable. Yeah. Um, there's so much to see and so much luxury, so much amazing scenery, so much... It's, it's just there's so much to explore within Canada itself that if we're taking a break from travel this year, we don't actually have to. Um, yeah, you know, yeah. whether you're going to the Great Bear Rainforest in BC and staying in places like Chilliquat or Nemo Bay or going all the way to the East End and staying, um, you know, there's there's um, Fogo Island and Fogo Island Inn, which is all unbelievable That's that wood places. structure that's like on the cliffs or yeah, whatever. That, or like in the that wall. structure, that hotel there fully sustains the entire community of Fogo Island. Really? And it's just such a cool experience to see something like that in our own country. Obviously, we've got the Muskokas. And last weekend, um, I was up with some friends of mine and um, my wife at uh, the French River. So further north oh, yeah. than Muskokas. I love French River. Beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. I mean, and like we have that luxury and it happens to be summer while we're stuck at home. Uh, I mean, it would be very different. It was the other way around for winter. But yeah, yeah. like, don't, hold up at home everybody get out there don't you know, take like, also don't take your backyard for granted yeah absolutely like, absolutely so i guess this is a perfect segue to announce our contest it's not finalized yet but oh this is actually a good episode to announce i didn't even yeah think about so that. we're gonna be giving away flights and hotel to a trip to thunder bay oh that's fantastic so yeah we actually sh- have a buddy so shout out dom. shout out dirty dom shout our boy dirty dom, dom thinks he so dom actually uh they work in the hotel industry uh, yeah, they, so, they own a Hilton, uh, yeah. or a Hampton and Suites, the family. Yeah, in Thunder Bay, it's actually the top ranked uh, TripAdvisor, Google, all the like the ranking systems is a top ranked hotel in Thunder Bay. That's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. so they his family owns it out there. So he's we'll gonna get be him on the podcast. The figure we'll do like so we're gonna do a giveaway, basically a trip to not a full trip, but flights and hotel to Thunder Bay. In, uh, in a couple weeks, so kind of perfect time because talking about traveling in, in our oh, own so country, like Thunder Bay is basically our backyard, right? Uh, but just even while we were talking about that, I pulled up the exact number. It's 21,196 kilometers, wow. the Great Wall of China. 21,196 kilometers long. Yeah, you can't even, like, so, can't even calculate So seeing the Great Wall of China was just absolutely amazing. Like mm-hmm. that was an experience all uh, definitely again with you know my one of my best friends my family like his family just such an unbelievable oh, awesome. experience that was one of them uh i'd say when we were in um dubrovnik the first time buzabar the time you, you screwed up your ear that's so fun like again that was that day just sitting there relaxing having a couple of drinks was good. A Game of Thrones tour. I'd never seen Game yeah, of Thrones Game in my of life. Thrones tour. <laughs> so I'm just like tagging like, yeah. so you want it to go? I'm like, I'll go, whatever. And they're explaining yeah. this. Stuff, and I'm doing, like, uh, doing my birthday in, in Ushuaia, Ibiza, my favorite place on earth. Again, another. I think it is a great hotel. Ushuaia is your favorite place in Ibiza. <laughs> yeah. It We've is. also just stayed there because of like the beach party. Yeah, there of course. In the pool. Of course. Uh, Honestly, Ibiza's I do think favorite, it's nice. My I favorite I mean, country. Not my favorite night. island, sorry. Yeah. Ibiza is an unbelievable island. And I say that. With the other side of the island, and like a lot of people think it's just partying, but there's a lot of other sides. For to me, it. the north side of the island is unbelievable. Is that D'Antoni? Uh, no, uh, that's that's, that's, the north, wa- that's the east, east. Uh, west. Okay, sorry, yeah. you're right. West, yeah, west, west right? Yeah. The northwest is beautiful, untouched beaches, amazing villas, delicious food, seafood that's insane. So you can have such different experiences on, the same on that same island, well, and it's it's crazy. Exactly, yeah. But Formentera, I did it. Yeah, in Formentera, we, we've never sure. been, and I did I've it over the years. <laughs> when you do it over the years, you start out going to Shuaia and partying, and you start out going to all the clubs in DC10 and watching the yeah, plays. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You eventually make your way further up to a villa that's more like you and your friends with a pool, and you eventually end up at a place with friends and their kids and your kids, and you've got the bigger pool and King and Magnus yeah. on the beach, and yeah, King Magnus, <laughs> King Magnus is yeah. racking up those narrow miles. And yeah. <laughs> 
No, it is. Uh, we've yeah, we've unfortunately haven't seen Foreman there. We've gotten like no four, even three. Times. I did once without you, me and John. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but those are some good trips. I um, I had another thing I wanted to jump back. I've done that point. Yeah, yeah. This is gonna loop back, and it's kind of like a digression, and um. But it's one thing I wanted to say when you made the point earlier about when we we're talking about what the Pelican Club does. And and again, so people understand, like, you know, we're talking about like our trips now, but we want to, like, you know, this gives an insight into what you, how you view things because, you know, you yeah. are the Pelican Club, you and your team and all that stuff. But um, to kind of bring it back home, when I made the point of like, and you made the point as well, it could be, you know, a seven, $8,000 trip, it could be a $100,000 trip. And, uh, you know, not everyone has the luxury of spending $100,000 on a trip, but... The difference is that I've found in in, um, in the way you describe things and you've talked to me about the, how you do things and you showed me the itineraries and all that stuff. Seven eight thousand, it might be a lot for some people, but would you not want that seven or eight thousand to feel like a hundred thousand dollars? I mean, I can tell you personally, like I've planned, I've planned a lot of. I'll let well, you jump in if you want. Yeah, a lot of people think they're spending four k and end up coming home and spending six and a half to eight. Yeah. Um, it's about being honest with yourself about what you want as your experience and saying, you know, from the start, let's put this out there and say, this is our commitment of price. And then you can really make it worth it. You can yeah. really go into detail and say like, okay, that's your price. You've got to hit some amazing street markets and cool street food. And then this unbelievable Michelin star restaurant, mm -hmm. or you could go to like four or five mediocre restaurants, figure it out on your own and not necessarily get that same touch. Yeah. But like, you know, you got places like Singapore like that where the street stalls are, are the place to be. Thailand Spend as well. 20 bucks so on a Michelin star meal. Exactly. But you have to know the right one to go to. Correct. I know the one you're talking about and they've also branched off and now they have one that there's in the mall now. There's one somewhere else. For sure. So the original food credit, I forget, I forget the, the name of it. Yeah. But it's like the cheapest Michelin star restaurant in the world and it's the original card is in a certain mall but, or a certain like food vendor area. But again, he's, the guy who started it spun off a bunch of different ones. So you might not go to the original and I'm going to tell you, yeah, for sure. And I'm going to tell you something else we recently did. You, you mentioned earlier that you would try to plan Japan. You've been I already? did. I, yeah, been. I did. Okay. I planned. I planned. That was kind of like a... One of the craziest places on the planet to plan a trip to because you really need to know. Oh, yeah. You really need to know. You know not a lot uh, of English going on down there. <laughs> we have a client just now that um, came to us and she's giving her husband a present as a trip to Japan. She wanted to book the flights. And I said, you know what? Let's take a step back because there's so many, so many variables to this. Let's just give him a birthday present because she had a very short timeline to get that birthday present. I was like, okay, let's spend two, three hundred bucks, whatever it is, and I'm gonna put something together for you. And we put together a birthday present box, which was all things Japan. So he opened this box, two fake boarding passes that were his trip uh, thing, a map of Tokyo. Inside was the best sake, the best all of, the best. Uh, um, soy sauce, unbelievable treats, a meal from Skippa. Shout out to Skippa. Shout out Skippa. I think the camera. Restaurant did it die? Skippa's I heard is amazing. It's still, still good. We're still recording on here. We're near. We're kind of nearing that point. But yeah, continue. No. Yeah. So continue, yeah, absolutely. Like one of those things where you don't always have to. Also, like it's I'll such a good way to give a gift. Yeah. And some of the best gifts are not tangible. They're they're experiential. It's on the other one. It's good. Is it is it flashing another one? We're good. It's not going to number two? No. Oh, fuck's sakes. It's all right. We're good. Sorry. Go, just sorry about that, Jam. Jump back. So um, you said Shadow Skipper. You said then. Yeah. I mean, sometimes it's amazing to give a gift of an experience over something tangible. Yeah. And an experience like a trip to Japan for this guy's 40th birthday is something he's never going to forget. 
And it's going to be an unbelievable situation. But it's also Japan's the kind of place where you got to take your time and understand when you're going. Yep. Make sure you've got the right restaurants down. The most Michelin star restaurants in the world in that country. Yep. The most amazing experiences from sumo and sake and uh, omakases and going to all the culture all the temples and, and yeah yeah and and staying at some un- unbelievable properties seeing mount fuji it's it's just a country that is you need a long time exceptional yeah, yeah. you get i mean you can do multiple trips there and not see all of it oh absolutely but that yeah. i also say that for cities like london so i've lived in london i lived in london for 10 years nine years and um I know London better than most people that live in London because I showed people London yeah. and I and I and I sent people around. But there's still places in London that shock me when I go back on a regular basis mm-hmm. that I'm like did not know this existed and it's in the heart of the city. And mm-hmm. and that's that's something amazing about traveling to different places over and over because you start to get you start to get back into it and you're like, "Oh, I'm going to do something completely different this time. I'm going to experience this city in a different way." Um, so because you've been somewhere doesn't mean you've done it. Yeah. It's, it's kind of the point yeah, there. It's like you can sure. go back and do it multiple times and have 10 different experiences. Just know not to do the same stuff or or know to tell the person who's helping you plan it, I've already seen the pal- Buckingham Palace or whatever it is. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I completely agree. Um, and to that point too, like I was just even like the thing I brought up about Japan and I guess we're kind of like, we're kind of near the end so I'll kind of hit it with this one and we'll hammer some more points home with uh, the Pelican Club so people know where to reach you and cool. stuff like that. But um, when I planned Japan, this is when I started to realize like you can't make everybody happy. And and I to this point it was nearing not the end of my trip, but it was April 2018. Like uh, my parents came to me for my birthday, my brother and his now wife, and then Ricky and his parents came. This is like the China Japan part of the trip. So I had like everything planned to a T. Um, like literally everything. As I most of my trip was by myself. I could fly by the seat of my pants, go where I wanted, when I wanted. Didn't have to plan much, um, and I knew where I wanted to go. But uh, I was planning this trip and my like yeah, our dads are very similar. Our moms are very similar, our dads are very similar. They're very like need to know what's going on, always go, go, go. And I had everything planned. I was like, guys, like, you know, Japan, when you take the sub uh, the um the London the Japan Rail, the GRT, yeah. like I'm like, guys, you know, the, culturally everything here is so precise. Like you don't have to worry, you're not gonna have late trains, you're not gonna miss this, everything operates to clockwork here. So I like have everything planned, and I'd be like, guys, you know, we're gonna show up here at this time. We're gonna get on this train. We're gonna stand in this marker on the floor because very organized there. And you know, trying to plan a trip with me and Rick, who know how to travel together, he knows when not to bother me. I know when to ask for help, and I know my brother the same thing. But you know, we got us, then we got our parents, and then we got you know a lot of different dynamics. So I'm trying to keep everybody in line in a country that does not have a lot of English on the signs and doesn't speak a lot of English, and culturally is very different. And, and, you know, I, I can tell you at that point, I've realized I'm like, as I go forward when I plan trips, I'm going to use someone like like the Pelican Club to help me plan these things and organize things to make it very black and white. Because I'm trying to explain this to like, you know, my, my father, my parents, okay, that's what we're going to do. And they still look at you like, you know, I'm their son, so what do I know? Even though I've been around the world at that point. Which is actually a very good segue. So I'll, I'll, I'll kind of run you through now. So we handle full trip planning, start to finish for mm-hmm. every member of the of the trip. Um, everything from personalized itineraries that are hard copy in your hand, tangible that you can put on a shelf and say, I'm going to come back to this as a magazine to remember this occasion to a digital version, which you can follow along on your phone. So you might be digital, you know, your dad might be flipping through page six and going, we need to be here next. Um, but it's, it's, it's created for everybody. And, And at the same time, we follow you throughout your trip. Uh, we make sure hotels know you're arriving before you arrive. Your car transfers there before you get out of the airplane, and everything is done to a T, so you don't have to worry. Yeah. And the whole, the whole creation behind this concept is to make 
Take the stress, take the worry, take the time, take the energy out of planning and move it into enjoying, move it into spending your experience with your family, just going like, okay, we're, we know what to do. Like, yeah. let's just, let's see this market, yeah. you know, not think about 10 things more than that. Um, or let's get out of the hotel first thing in the morning, not plan our day in the morning. Yeah. And that's, that makes such a different aspect to having that worry-free, carefree mentality when you're out somewhere. Um, and yeah, and you're using experts who aren't, we're, we're not choosing places based on the fact that they are the giving us a, a, a kickback or because they are TripAdvisor worthy. We're choosing them because they're suited to what you want on that specific trip. Got it. Um, now, you want to spend 10K more? We'll, we'll get you on that boat or on that penthouse suite or whatever it is yeah, yeah, that yeah. you want. But again, it's, it's, not a, it's, it's about getting it right for you and making sure you have this unbelievable experience and you can reach us online on our website, thepelican.club or the Pelican underscore club on Instagram. Please follow us and check us out. Oh, we'll share. We'll, we'll get Oh, it. yeah. We'll I, I like that person. I, we usually ask it down. Like, people want to find out or reach you. But he knows how to hit it. I like that. I like that. Um, yeah. If And just to finish that last point, if I had you guys around that time, I wouldn't have to deal with my dealing with my dad and, and, and dealing with Frank. Trying to explain my, my dad wasn't even as bad. You and my your dad, dad, you they, and your they had dad to know always where to be at all times. And I'm like, guys, just like I would tell them, but they didn't have it with them, so they needed to know. And I hate people asking me questions over and over. Especially so if I, hungover. Yeah, if I could, I wasn't hungover that day. We're, yeah, going, from, we're going down the, the train ride. Yeah. So if I gave them this itinerary and I said, just be on this train at this time, don't worry. Don't even ask yeah. me questions, just be there. It would have saved me a lot of headaches. And, and the fun part is we, we don't just do the itinerary. So you, you saw the one I sent you. It's like, okay, this is what you're doing. This is day one. It's all interactive. You can click on stuff. And then in between day one, there's just an expose about stuff happening, you know, a history of that area mm-hmm. or something you need to know or fun facts, general information, you know, like a lot of times you just don't understand the tipping culture, the, uh, the electricity out there, whatever it is. Yeah, yeah everything's provided start to finish and you know for your dad and for you it's such a different experience but you'll both have a different way of looking at that trip for sure and go okay generational trip we're covered this guy has given us both what we need in our hands to not have to get at each other's throats yeah that would help a lot <laughs> i think that's honestly a perfect way to, to hit it up uh, yeah i, was, I mean we this has been great. time's flown by yeah i can talk about travel already. forever but. Uh, and you know what it's it's very fitting because now that travel is starting to open up again people are starting to look forward to it it's, it's very fitting because we actually recorded a podcast about traveling to i think it was europe or asia back in march yeah and we were supposed to release it on march 17th when like everything shut down, it would literally been, shut down the city on like tone deaf March like, like, doesn't make any sense. But so we actually still have it. Do we? You have it. You I should must have, have it. it. You must. So maybe we'll release that one day. I gotta re-listen. It's like a thirty-minute episode. Yeah. Um, but this I think is very informative. Um, you know, and I think that it's good. People reach out to you like they can see. I know that the Pelican Club has stuff they post on the Instagrams and your profile and all that stuff. So I'm sure they can reach out for questions and all and all that kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah, we'll, we'll share all the yeah, we'll share all the social media links as well. And definitely, a lot of our followers will will be interested because. A lot of our followers are similar to us where they love to travel. Mm-hmm. But a uh, couple quick questions we usually ask every, uh, we always you know ask. know what we're going to ask? No. Oh, oh yes. Which means I've never made it to the end. You never made it to the end. <laughs> Perfect. Caught him. Most hey, at, least he caught, at least he's honest yeah, about yeah, it. Yeah. Um, okay. If there was a movie about your life, who would you want to star as you? Uh, I'm going to go, because he kind of looks like me with the nose. I'm going to go with Adrian Brody. Okay. We haven't got that the one. The Pianist. Yeah, yeah, I know exactly who it is. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. That was quick. That was good. Yeah. Um, okay, and my question is, if you could give one piece of advice to your younger self, what would it be? 
uh, don't overthink it. Just go, just do it. Uh, don't stop yourself. Don't, uh, don't make excuses. Um, you know, d don't use your surrounding and situations that are happening in the world or whatever's going on. And I know COVID's very active right now, but don't use this stuff as reason to not do things, not experience things, not be places, not get out there. Um, there's always ways to get, get, get shit done. Mm -hmm. That's great I like advice. It. I like it. So, uh, yeah. again, just to reiterate in terms of if people want to find out more about you, the Pelican Club, and, and what you're doing, where can they go? So you can go to our website, uh, thepelican.club, or on our Instagram, thepelican underscore club. We're also on Facebook and Twitter and everything else. You'll find us there. I'm sure you guys will share some of those yeah, links yeah, on, your, on your social. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, yeah, can I finish with something there? Yeah, 100%. of course. So I actually wanted to say that, I said this before, but travel kind of makes you a storyteller. So I'm going to give one embarrassing story of myself. Let's hear it. Beauty. I love I, it. Uh, <laughs> it was just a quick ending. Boom. My honeymoon. And we'll end right at, at the, at the, uh, at the peak of the story of my honeymoon. <laughs> my wife and I were in Bora Bora for part of it. And while in Bora Bora, we um, decided to go on a swimming with the sharks adventure. And for those who know me know that I have issues where my shoulder dislocates when I do aggressive activities. Um, this happened because of a stupid incident in, in, uh, when I was like 18, 19. Um, but anyway, we're on this boat and the uh, boat guys start throwing fish into the water and these sharks are just eating it all up. And then they go, all right, get in, guys. Snorkel. Check it out. They're like... Yeah, that's a no for me, dog. Yeah. Um, so... I'm like, I got to do this. I've paid for this excursion. This is going to happen. I lower myself down the side of the boat. And as I get into the water, my shoulder dislocates. I'm in the water with sharks everywhere. There's a massive lemon shark below me. And I can't, I'm like struggling, struggling. One arm, oh one arm, God. one arm, just, just trying to get Take out of my strong. Hand. And the guy's like, look below you, look below you. There's a, there's a massive shark. And I'm like, okay, great, great. <laughs> I'm just going to get the fuck out of here right now. Um, and, uh, Again, an experience that I will never, ever forget. I got back out. My shoulder was fine. Got back in, <laughs> saw them. But I mean... I'd be so scared. Yeah. You, you, you got to just do it. Get in there. Jump in the water. Jump off that cliff. You know, get on that plane and, and, and you suck it up. You're going to have a blast. Yeah. That's, it's honestly the best memories are made outside of the comfort zone when you yeah, step out I there. I, that's a great story, Dan. I agree. Yeah, honestly, again, the, the lesson guys, learned from that: you if you so got dislocated shoulder, don't go swimming with sharks. Yeah. <laughs> also, thank you so much for having me on. This has been man. fantastic to chat with of the two. Of course, this man. is awesome. Brilliant. Thanks for the gift, the wine. No, no, no. Uh, I mean, you, you were a great guest. Uh, again, I hope our followers check check out the Pelican Club. Awesome. It's something that again, Jack, a lot of our a lot of our followers and listeners are very similar to me and George, where they love to travel and love kind of chasing that adventure and thrill seeking. So. I'm sure that uh, a lot of yeah. people will be reaching out. Yeah, yeah. And we're, we're all and for free advice as well. So give us a shout, even if you got questions. And uh, yeah, we're yeah. happy. Awesome. This has been great. Thank you again for the yeah. Thank you for the gift. Thanks for coming on. And uh, hopefully it. we'll be planning some trips soon. Absolutely, pleasure, guys. All, all right. right, signing off, pals. Cheers, boys. You like to drink and to smoke to take away the pain, and I don't remember all of my mistakes and every I got alone. No one thing, you're not alright, I'm not alright